Carolina loses to Virginia 68-59 in the ACC Tournament quarterfinals. And so, it's the NIT for UNC. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, March 10th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade. And as we've done all too many times this season, unfortunately, it's time for another therapy session where Dr. Uncle Isaac, whatever's most helpful to you, helps unpack this whole thing. But I do appreciate you joining us on today's show, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Coming up on the, on the show today, we're going to talk about, as we always do, our Four Corners recap, our shady stat of the game, I want to talk about what's next. Where do we go from here? But first, um, interestingly enough, Carolina played two games in the ACC tournament, and those two games were basically a microcosm of the pendulum swing that was this season so far. I guess I shouldn't say was, because Carolina will still have more to do. <laughs> Earlier this season, North Carolina became the earliest preseason AP number one to fall out of the poll in the 25 team era but now they're going to become the only ap preseason number one team to miss the ncaa tournament since it expanded to 64 teams back in 1985 you know i've been using that phrase all week get a lead keep a lead extend the lead well get a lead check keep a lead nah and so you can't even think about extend a lead if you can't keep a lead. <laughs> so these two games, Boston College, it wasn't perfect, obviously, but things looked for the most part strong. Shots were falling, good rhythm, uh, strong defense. Obviously, Armando got hurt, and, and that colors everything in this Virginia game. But, but against Boston College, it was more of the better version of North Carolina. Shot over 40% from three, all of that kind of stuff. Against Virginia, no. Shots aren't falling outside of R.J. Davis. And with threes not falling, Carolina did what they've done all year. They kept trying to shoot them instead of looking to find other ways to score. And part of that is because of the ineffectiveness of Carolina's interior game with Armando being essentially ineffective. So that, that was the microcosm. Boston College is the good version of Carolina. Virginia is the bad version of North Carolina that we've seen a lot more than we would hope this season. And so we have to ask the question, was, has this team just not been that good or have they underperformed? When you combine the majority of the first part of last year prior to the, the nice run uh, leading up to the NCAA tournament, it was a lot more like this, except blowouts. This was another loss that was not double digits. That's a question we're going to have to ask this offseason once, once the NIT or whatever Carolina gets invited to is over. But here's the thing for me in this game. Remember we talked a lot after the Duke game about the, the bad Duke game, the one at home that Carolina lost about, well, I guess Carolina lost them both. So there's that. <laughs> about... Discipline, 
about details about that, that coach Davis has talked a lot about, but we also talked about Carolina's inability to close games and inability to extend leads. And one of the things with the closing, we talked about this yesterday is that closing doesn't have to be in closing time because if you close earlier in the game, you're done by closing time. Well, when it comes to that, the discipline and the deal, details that Coach Davis always talks about, check out this sequence in the first half. At this point, Carolina has just gone up 13-9 on an R.J. Davis layup with 8.59 left in the first half. Carolina at this point has been looking pretty good, making the most of life without Armando. Here's their next five possessions. You ready? Turnover, Virginia layup, 13-11 to 11 heels. Missed shot. You, uh, Virginia three, they go up 14, 13, North Carolina turnover, Virginia layup, 16, 13, North Carolina turnover, Virginia jumper, 18, 13, North Carolina turnover, Virginia dunk 20 to 13. That's four turnovers in a span of five possessions. And you have heard me talk over and over and over again about how Carolina has these lulls and it, and it doesn't just have to come near the end of the game. There are many times when a first half lull can come back to bite you in the end. Similarly to how a first half run like against Boston College can put you in a prime position to win. And the problem for this North Carolina team is that they are just simply not good enough to overcome lulls like that. Simply not good enough, particularly against a team as disciplined and as detailed as Virginia is. And, and their level of discipline and detail shows in grand relief the opposite side of that, where Carolina doesn't have that same level of discipline and detail. So unfortunately, this team has shot themselves in the foot with things like this all season long, and then they're just not good enough to overcome it as a team, right? The talent, well, I don't know. Maybe we have to ask that question now, now too, unfortunately. Well, because of moments like that, Virginia led points off of turnovers at a grand margin in this game. And there you go. That's it. That one sequence in the first half. Why, why does every game have a lull of this nature? I, I don't know. I mean, I do know. The players aren't as locked in and loaded. They're not as connected as they need to be. And so these things happen. Can't do that, especially against Virginia. There's some teams that you might be able to get away with it against. Not a team of this discipline. Well, because of R.J. Davis' heroics, though, Carolina got the lead down to one at the half somewhat miraculously. And so you're thinking, oh, man. All right, coming out of this, out of halftime into second half, this is the time now to make a run. That's where you do it. Nope. Virginia is the one that goes on a run. Remember Carolina had that 15 to two run out of the halftime out of halftime against Boston college. Nope. Virginia 10, three run out of halftime to climb the lead back to eight. And that was the entire game. Every time Carolina would push to get close, it was like magnets that are on those opposite sides that repel each other. Virginia would just push back out. Carolina couldn't make the plays to get over the top. Again, a season long narrative. Or what about actual closing time? Nope. Carolina didn't handle it well yet again. Chucking threes when, frankly, they didn't need to yet by the wrong people. Like, Carolina got it within two. Um, free throws were failing them in the second half. And uh, Puff Johnson is the one taking a three. Um, that should be RJ. RJ should be the one shooting threes in this game. Not Puff. 
Not Caleb. Caleb had a not great shooting night. Meanwhile, Virginia keeps just running what they run, getting twos. Carolina just shot themselves out of closing time by taking the wrong threes by the wrong people. This is this season in a nutshell. Carolina couldn't handle closing. Well, we're going to move to our four corners recap and our shady stat of the game. We will do all of that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We've just passed the midway point of the NBA season, and now it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel Sportsback app now. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn all about it. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel. Uh, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, four corners recap. We got to start with Armando Baycott. Listen, mad, mad respect to this young man. I, I, I mean, there are players that might have been at this level, but he has worked his best throughout his career and, and to do everything he can to play, even under some of the most immense pain I can only imagine. Right, like, hmm. So difficult, but it. I'm so glad he made it, took a go of it, but he was clearly hobbled. He was clearly uh, had less mobility and less lift than he is accustomed to having. And it showed. And I know that Virginia plays an overall slower pace, but even though their pace is slower, they have this constant activity, particularly offensively. And Armando just couldn't keep up with that. And it, that, that level of movement re- rendered him ineffective. And so um, Carolina, frankly, looked better without Armando on the floor. And that's not Armando's fault. That is Armando's ankle's fault. Like, it's just, it's part of life and part of what happens sometimes. But they did. They, they looked and operated better with him uh, on the bench. Speaking of injuries, thoughts and prayers go out to Ben Vanderplas. Um, who had been having a great season for Virginia, fractured his right hand at their practice on Wednesday. Even though he's an opponent, you just never want to see injuries and things like that. So hopefully he recovers quickly, and and you hate that he's out for Tony Bennett's team for the season. So that's four corners point number one. Armando, what a guy. You love to see him giving it a go. Hopefully it's not uh, his last game. Hopefully Carolina will get more in, in one of the postseason tournaments And then uh, you never know for next year. We wait to find out, obviously, on that. But number two on our Four Corners recap, Carolina had so much success with Pete Nance in the screening action against Virginia at home just a couple weeks ago. And we're trying to continue to use Armando to do that in this game with limited mobility. I thought that was a bad call from the coaching staff. Number one, it had already worked quite successfully with Pete Pryor. And number two, Mondo's limited. Now, maybe they're just trying to get him out of the lane to to clear things out for driving lanes and stuff. But 
like you need a mobile role guy, you know? And Pete Nance was that. Caleb Love found him on multiple occasions with some great looks. Like while Caleb didn't have a great shooting night, man, he had some really nice assists in this game. And so I, I appreciate Coach Davis. I appreciate the coaching staff trying to get Mondo out there. But when it was clear that his ineffectiveness was going to hurt the team, you just pull the plug, right? You don't keep trying to roll it out there because with that small ball lineup and, and Pete at the five with whomever the other four were, Carolina was operating better. There was more space. There was more movement. And that's what they had to have against Virginia in, in this instance where Armando's not able to fully anchor the inside, which is unfortunate because hand up, Carolina wins this game if Armando Baycott's healthy. It's, it's just different. It's a different vibe. Everything's happening differently. Now, I guess similarly, Carolina uh, wins this game if if guys that usually make free throws aren't, aren't missing them. And I know Carolina didn't miss a ton. But a- anyway, Pete Nance should have been the main screener the entire game. And um, eventually they got there some more, but that's out of necessity with Mondo on the bench. Four corners recap point number three. RJ Davis just continues to be on absolute fire you hate uh that carolina is probably not going to be in the ncaa tournament um because he's just shooting absolute lights out was eight of 14 from the field four of eight from three meaning he's still above 50 percent on three pointers over the last five games i mean just it's 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 really impressive really impressive stuff from RJ. Um, and, and frankly, he was carrying this team on his back, particularly in the first half, like single-handedly got the lead down to one just before halftime. And in fact, um, at halftime, he had exactly half of Carolina's points, 12 of the 24 later, he had 20 of Carolina's 30 first 37 points. I mean, legit just doing it all as a team. When the game was over, Carolina had made 19 field goals. RJ had eight of those. So only 11 field goals were scored by a non-RJ Davis player. And part of it that, again, just doesn't make sense to me about how you as a player cannot see this and recognize a change that needs to occur. RJ finishes this game 8 of 14 from the field. Caleb finishes the game 3 of 15 from the field. So one more shot, eight fewer baskets. I'm sorry, one more shot, five fewer baskets made for Caleb. You got to get Caleb less shots and you got to get RJ more shots. Like that just has to happen. And that's been a case so often this season. Well, I think that experiment is probably about over. Davis Love the third uh, season came to kind of a little bit of a crash and burn, but hey, there's still more hopefully ahead. Four corners point number four. Talk about the bench a little bit. I was pretty surprised that we didn't see any Jalen Washington, like literally none. Remember the first game, the game at Virginia, when Nance was out to start the game and Armando went out within the first two minutes of the game. Jalen had a really effective game against Virginia. Uh, His movement, his agility inside and, and length, I thought bothered Virginia. And it just seemed like, especially with, Armando limited in this game that coach Davis might at at least give Jalen a shot, you know, just give him a minute or two to see how effective he was. If he's not effective, pull him out. I get that. 
but but why not at least try it? I mean, I get that the rotation is shorter, the bench is shorter, but if you have somebody in there of his caliber that that's a that can be potentially that effective, give it a shot. I thought the same with Dontrez. Dontrez did some really nice things against Boston College. I same thing. Why not just give it a try just to see what he's doing? Perhaps his level of discipline isn't enough against Virginia, but it, it's not like Caleb's is much better at times, you know? Um, and so th- there's things of that nature as well. Now, now that said, I thought um, DeMarco gave some really good things off the bench. He had a really nice bucket. Um, Seth, same thing with Seth on the floor, less than a minute. Why? why maybe just a, like, I think the only time he was in was at the end of the first half when Carolina was trying to foul Virginia because they had fouls to give. The bench will continue to be a conundrum uh, for how Coach Davis utilizes it. We've got essentially two full seasons worth of data now, and um, I think actions at this point speak louder than the preseason words of using that bench depth more this season. That's something we'll talk about ad nauseum this offseason, I'm sure. All right, shady stat of the game. Well, in truth, it is three stat categories in which Carolina had only two of something. And Virginia had a lot more of something. I talked about that turnover frenzy that Carolina went on in the first half. Well, as you might imagine, based off of something like that, Virginia led the points off turnovers category 14 to 2. Yikes. Fast break points. Virginia, plotting Virginia, led Carolina 11 to 2 in fast break points. This is an area that has to be fixed this offseason for Carolina when we eventually get to that whenever that point may be got to fix the fast break points. And then uh, the final thing stat line where Carolina had two of something and Virginia had more was blocks. Virginia had eight blocks in this game to just two for Carolina. I don't think I, I, it didn't feel that way watching the game, but I can think through and remember more Virginia blocks, but I, I would not have guessed it was that level of discrepancy. So Carolina outdone in several key trigger factor areas there. So all of this happening and then what it means for us is we got to begin asking the questions, what's next? And we'll do that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? Then you've got to try a Built Bar. Man, I know my goal this year is to eat a little healthier. I'm going to turn 40 early in 2024 and I'm trying to look good when I hit 40. And so if you're like me where you want to eat healthier without sacrificing the taste, then Built Bar is just the thing for you. Why are they so good, these Built Bars? Well, for starters, they're made with 100% covered in, at least I should say, 100% real chocolate. And they come in unreal flavors like churro or peanut butter brownie. Plus, I'm not sure how Built does it, but all these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining these great macros. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and yet a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, you don't have to wait around to get a box from Built.com. Why? Because you can run on down to Sam's Club or Walmart, just pick you up a box there or maybe a big one from Uncle Sam's Club there, and then get diving into those Built Bars, and I promise you, you won't be disappointed with Built Bar, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. So the question I want to wrap up with today is, what do we do now? What's next? Well, there's a lot of what's next. 
there's some of those what's next things that I want to leave for a couple weeks from now. Because here's what drives me insane. The second I finish this game, I look on Twitter and I've got notifications from people asking about next year's starting lineup. I've got people talking about this transfer and that transfer in and out and all this. It ain't time yet. There's still more basketball to be played. And I get it. I get it. We're ready to move on because there have been frustrations. But we need to talk about that. Now, before we answer what do we do now, we do need to get to our heels of the week. But here's the thing. We need some happiness. And so we're not going to do a negative heel of the week. We're only going to have a positive heel of the week. And I love this suggestion that actually came from several people. And it's funny because I was thinking it as well. If, if you're a, a listener or watcher of the show, you know that every Wednesday we have on Coach Pack Kilby. He's a great guy. Um, and we've like on, we've still never met in person. I've never met Pack in person. Isn't that funny? But we've just become great friends through the show. We've found that we have a lot in common. And man, just have started to share some cool life things. And so the nomination is for Pack Kilby as our heel of the week. And we need some happy vibes. And so the nomination I'll read says this. I nominate Coach Pack as heel of the week. He does a great job on the show, brings great insight, and doing it all while busy coaching his team toward a state title. And here, here, I agree with that. And this man is like loving his family well too, like just finding that balance. And, and I just, I'm so thankful for the example that Pack brings um, and so for those of you listening, depends on when you're listening on Friday, but they won on Wednesday in the quarterfinal round. So the elite eight of the Oklahoma class five playoffs. And so today, Friday morning, mid morning, they are playing in the final four, the state semifinals. And if they win, they will be onto the state championship game on Saturday. So stay tuned. Obviously I'll let you know how things go, but if you can find it on his social media as well. Okay. So legitimately let's answer this question. What do we do now? I've got five things for you that I think happen right now. <laughs> and some of it's just helping us feel better. Number one, you just hate watch everyone else, right? Like tonight when Duke's playing Miami in the semifinals of the ACC tournament, I know who you're cheering for. I know who I'm cheering for, right? You know, all those kind of things. At this point, it's like, well, if Carolina can't win, then I don't want Duke to win and I don't want Kentucky to win. That's always been <laughs> uh, my personal thing. Obviously on the national thing, as I talk about college basketball, it's like even level playing field. But when my fandom comes in, it's all about Carolina winning and teams I don't like losing. <laughs> you love that. Okay, number two, what do we do now? What's next? Well, if you are a true Tar Heel fan, if you consider yourself, I am not half in on this thing, I'm all in on Carolina, then you will cheer like crazy for the Tar Heels if and when they're in the NIT. I mean, that is the assumption at this point, that Carolina is not going to make it into the NCAA tournament. And the assumption is that they'll go to the NIT. And so if you are a true Carolina fan, be all in for that. Be there for these dudes. Don't abandon them just because they're not in the NCAA tournament. That's not what this is about. This is about these young men. This is about this coaching staff, this team, this community. Continue to be part of it. Number three, what do we do now? 
we'd be frustrated. Part of the reason we're frustrated is like there's enough of the other bubble teams around North Carolina that have been losing in their conference tournaments early enough where I think legitimately if Carolina had beaten Virginia and then uh, Clemson ended up whopping NC State. So there's some of your hate watching NC State loss. But again, I kind of wanted Carolina to play NC State because that's a quad one opportunity for them in the semifinal. But I think Carolina would have eventually gotten in by the skin of their teeth because all these, like Nevada lost, Michigan lost, Oklahoma State lost to Texas. But it doesn't matter because Carolina lost too. And so be frustrated. That's what you can do. What to do next? Number four. I think, and this isn't something for us to do. It's it's for this team and this program to do is take a good, long, hard look in the mirror. And I mean that in both the immediate future, like preparing for the NIT and thinking about next season. There are some things that are going to have to be adjusted. And I think there's going to be a lot of difficult conversations had, but it starts with a long, hard look in the mirror of what, what are we trying to do? And then fifthly, you regroup. You pick yourself up, up off the map and you regroup. That's what you do next. Because there's always another day as long as God gives us another day of breath, Right? while being reminded that this is, it stinks and you hate losing and it just doesn't make any sense, but you regroup. And if I may, as we think about the season as a whole, I'd like to leave us all with something from Coach Dean Smith about mistakes and how you handle them. Or in the case of this season, about a season that didn't go as planned or hoped or imagined. It's four things. You probably know it. Number one, when you have a mistake or a fault or this season doesn't go well, you recognize it. That means you are aware of it and you say, yeah, this did not go well. Like you got to own that, right? This season did not go well. So you recognize it. Number two, you admit it. I see that and I, I take my blame for it. You know, like if I mess up at work, my bad. That's on me. If if I do something that frustrates my my wife, hey, Maggie, I love you. I'm so sorry. That's my fault. If I if I do something um, to my kid, like you know, like if I'm not kind to my kids, I own that. I admit it, and I say, hey, I'm sorry. Daddy was not kind to you right there. I apologize. Right. So that's it. Recognize it. Admit it. Part three. You learn from it. Just like I said about looking in the mirror. What do we learn from this season? What do we take away from it that can move us as a program into the offseason and into next year? And frankly, before that, even into this NIT. How How can we learn from some of that? And then number four, after you recognize it, admit it, and learn from it, is you forget it and you move on. The past is in the past. Now you have to go through those. You can't just forget it without going through everything else, right? But once you've taken care of it, like this is a biblical principle for those of you who think in biblical, like who pay attention to the Bible. So far as the East is from the West, he has removed this transgression from you, right? So move on. You recognize it, you admit it, you learn from it, and you forget it. 
and on to 23-24 after a hopefully successful run through the NIT. Well, friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. That's it for this week of Locked on Tar Heels. We'd be honored if you would leave a review on Apple Reviews of the show talking about why you love Locked on Tar Heels. Follow the show on Twitter, Locked on Heels, and me personally, at Isaac Shade. You can also email the show. That's where a lot of these, uh, the Heel of the Week nominations come in and on Twitter DMs, but LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and leave some great comments. And for your next listen, I know a lot of people are like, dude, if Carolina's not in the NCAA tournament, I'm out. But I know a lot of you just love college basketball. And so you want to check out Locked On College Basketball that I co-host along with Andy Patton. We bring you everything you need to know from the whole world of college basketball. A lot going on right now leading into Selection Sunday. I'm studying and talking about teams and things. Oh, it's crazy. But I would love for you to come on that journey with us. It's available on YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts. Hey, I want to remind you, even on a down, sad day like this where we needed our uh, our counseling session, that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. All right, I'll talk to you guys on Monday. But until then, peace. Peace.